Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of in-the-trenches, tell-it-like-it-is reality therapy for personal, business, and real estate investing success. With your hosts, powerpreneurs, Angela Thomas and Ron Phillips, it's time to get real. everybody. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. I'm Angela Thomas and I'm here with Ron Phillips. Hey, Ron. Here we are. Hey. Another awesome episode. Just, uh, we were just talking about how Ron's weather's awesome. You know, here we are in January. Uh, <laughs> do we have, uh, we have Chad on with us today, Chad Gallagher, right? And we were just joking about, you know, Ron's nice weather as usual. So, so real quick, yeah. Chad Thanks is... Thanks for having um, us. Yeah, thanks for being on. Chad owns uh, Slate Property Management Group. Uh, they manage 4,000 units. They own 200 properties. They manage, manage rentals in four states, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, and Virginia. And he also has a podcast called the Real Estate Hackers Podcast, which I think is really cool because it's mixed with... It, it makes me think of funnel hackers. Is that where you guys got it from? It's actually not. We uh, we got it from the cross section of people who actually live in a house and rent out the other. It's now called real estate hacking, and and I I love the term hack in general as it relates to, to tech. And so yeah, that's kind of where we uh, came right. about it. Well, cool. Well, thanks for joining us today. Great to have you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Excited to uh, to join the podcast. Chad, this is going to rock because you know we have a we have a bunch of people who and we get tons of questions on on property management because we we sell thousands of houses and you know small multifamily and it, it seems like consistently from you know from the people who are just getting started in this to the people who have been doing this for you know ten years there's always something about property management that is that needs to be learned. And like you said, you know, with with technology nowadays, everything in the real estate world is changing so rapidly anyway that, you know, the property management world and real estate world just naturally change. And so if you're not keeping up, then you've got stuff to learn anyway, right? And so I'm super excited to have you on to help everybody understand a little bit more about this crazy thing of property management. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head, which is if you think about how we run our business today... I mean, if I look at all the different things we do, honestly, 10 years ago, most of that doesn't exist. And so, I mean, I, I wasn't managing properties 10 years ago. We, we started about seven years ago, but the, honestly, the, the evolution of change has, has accelerated dramatically and it is changing all the time. And if you're managing things the same way you managed them 10 years ago, it, it just wouldn't make any sense anymore. So I think that's, and by the way, this is a huge win for investors. I actually think tech and property management, as it continues to evolve, it's going to lead to better returns for investors, which we can talk to why, why I believe that. But actually, this is like a, a really, really good thing for investors. If you, if you don't want to manage your own properties, I think all the technology change on the property management front is going to be a, a huge win for investors. Interesting. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. In, in addition to the fact that it's, it's really good for property management companies. Because... I think something that most people don't understand 
at least uh, over the last seven years. And, and since seven years ago, things looked remarkably different than they do today, Chad. I think what people don't realize is that the margins are so slim in property management, but yet people think <laughs> that the 8 to 10% or whatever it is percent that they're paying is so much money. They think it is so much money, right? That you guys are just getting you know rich off of their tiny little 100 150 or whatever the the fee is yeah um and i think what they don't realize is everything that you guys do and the amount of um what used to be you know human capital that that went into that and now is still a lot of that but but now along with tech it can make i mean i'd love to hear your thoughts on this but i think it can make property management more profitable which which is ultimately good for the client because if you guys are really profitable then you can provide better service well i'll tell you it's, it's actually less about profit it's more about scalability sure. so if you think about here, here's like some, some of the things i think about is that in a world where you don't have a lot of tech what you have is a lot of humans doing things right yep. Yep. and so as the number of humans you have doing things scale the complexity scales and it's really hard to run a scaled company with, you know, tens of thousands of people paying bills and checking up after things and, and all the kind of just manual tasks, handling ledgers that go into product management. And so the beauty of tech is that tech scales infinitely. That, that's why tech companies are worth so much more. And so because of that, tech doesn't make the same mistakes that humans do. I mean, obviously, tech could make a mistake, but and so what you're going to see is you're going to see property management companies are going to become basically a combination of tech and people, and the amount of people per unit is actually going to decline. The amount of tech is going to increase, and so I actually think the profit of property management is actually it's not the the profit per unit is actually going to stay the same. It's just that a company so we manage four thousand units. I mean, even 10 years ago, that would have pretty well been impossible. I mean, companies weren't out there managing 4,000 you know, plus units. We've only been around six years. That, that company didn't exist 10 years ago because it was too hard to scale. But now that scaling with tech has become easier, for us to keep growing with tech is much easier. And then from an investor perspective, that means a couple of things. I actually think property management fees are going to come down a little bit. So you mentioned 8 to 10%. So we charge 7%. And, and, and I, I don't see that that will never increase if anything that may go down over time. So that's a huge win for investors. But the third thing is as, as prime management companies scale, you, you may not need to have 20 different prime management companies in all these different towns. I think you'll see some consolidation among prime management companies. I think we're already seeing consolidation. Yeah, we are. It's, there you go. It's, it's happening on a, on a global scale right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then the last thing I'll say is predictable returns. So in a world with tech is just much more predictable. And so that means that you can predict an eviction being filed properly every time. And you can predict that the tenant's going to, if they don't pay rent, they'll be out in two months. As opposed to a manual process where if it's done well, it's done in two months. If it's not done well, it could be six months. Right. And so take that into all the different things you think about in terms of property management, things that could go wrong as things become more predictable, returns become more predictable. And frankly, you, you actually probably sell more houses because investors invest more in real estate 
because it looks more like investing into the stock market with much more predictable returns over time. Interesting. Do you, uh, do you mind giving us a little more detail, like, you know, specifically what you, th- what you're doing differently than other companies we may be working with or. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I would say, um, I mean, so high arching, the number one thing is just, we want to lean into tech whenever possible. So every time we face a problem in our company, my first response is there should be a technology solution here. And if there isn't, we, our next idea is, could we build something? And then if that doesn't work, then we move to, okay, let's have a, a person do this. But the person's actually always the third option. And that sounds so cool, but I'll give you some examples of where that's like paid off. So we had, we had a problem where some of our owners would say, I, you know, I email a prime manager and I don't always get a timely response to my email. Yeah. And you say like, so why is that, right? So why does that happen? Like, what would be the reason for that? Right. And so it's all sorts of reasons. It could be a irresponsible person who's not super organized. It could be somebody's on vacation for a week, right? It could be someone all of a sudden got really busy and maybe didn't alert anyone to that. So it turns out like email is actually not a great way to communicate for that reason, right? There's all sorts of kind of ways to go wrong. So instead we actually encourage our owners to submit a ticket, like a support ticket. And that ticket, what's cool about that is it's still the property manager who responds to that ticket. But if the property manager doesn't respond in a couple of days, a red alert goes off to their manager that says, hey, something's awry here. We haven't closed this ticket out. We haven't got an answer. And then someone else can jump in from our company and respond to that ticket and close out the ticket. We can hold people accountable much better. If someone goes on vacation or like, let's say worst case scenario, they they get really sick or they all of a sudden they move, you know, all these like really weird things that actually happen in real life, right? People just, you know, they, they want to leave the company for some reason. Now someone can come in and actually handle their workload without having to like somehow call, get into call their- a million people yeah. and try to figure exactly. out what the hell's going on. Right. 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 Um, right. So it, it's such a simple little thing like that. And by the way, a ticketing system, I mean, we didn't invent it. So we, we leverage a, a piece of technology called Freshdesk. We, we sure didn't build the technology and we sure aren't the first company to do it. You know, when you, when you call a lot of tech forward companies, your thing gets turned into a support ticket, which just ensures that it gets resolved in a timely manner. So cool. that's one that actually doesn't even have anything to do with real estate. It's really all about just an owner getting the satisfaction of getting an answer. But where that plays into returns for an owner is... Sometimes those things the owner's asking for are really, really important. Hey, can you make sure that you submit my registration to the city? Super small task. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Any, or I changed my bank account. Uh, make right. sure you update it before, you, you, know, yeah. before right. you send my, my, my payment next month. That's right. You, know? you think about prime management, that's a lot of what this is. It's, it's actually not, it's not rocket science. Anybody could call up a city and get it registered. Anybody could change the bank account info. Where things run awry is when you rely on someone to remember to do that. If you don't have a ticket open and that gets forgotten, owner assume it's done. And let's just take both those examples. Let's say that the, the property's not properly registered. And, let, and let's just say, you know, nine months down the road, either you get a fine from the city, expensive, or worst case scenario, you're working through like an eviction or some kind of, something like that. And you get halted because the city says, I, I, you know, you can't move forward, you're not registered. 
And all that traces back to somebody just opening an email and forgetting to complete a task. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think, I think the majority of the discontent when it comes to property management companies is what you were talking about. It is. Uh, well, it yeah. stems from one of two things. And Angela, we get this all the time, right? It's, yeah. it's all about communication. Yeah. Or, well, <laughs> No, that's not really what it's about. It's about <laughs> lack of communication. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting. Like when, when I first started this company, I had a totally different opinion. But when I first started, I thought we just need all great property managers. Right. And so when I would have an, an owner complaining that like ah, communication's not good here, our initial response was fire property manager. And the problem with that approach is it doesn't scale because you can do your darndest to hire good property managers. But it's like right now in our company, we have 40 property managers right on, on the team. Well, look, I, I mean, I think we've got a great team and I think 36 of the 40 are great property managers, but... Uh-oh, who are the other... Who are the other <laughs> you're going to... Are you, are you dropping names right now? Yeah. No, 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 they're no, new. no, no. But, they're new. We'll, no, we'll, but, just, we'll, just, right. we'll just say let's that just they're say, new. Like, let's say they're new, or maybe they're going through a life... They just had a baby, right? So maybe they're... You know, a private manager whose wife just had a baby, and maybe the baby's sick. I mean, these things happen, right? They, it's not just, like, bad people who are irresponsible. There's there's life right. things that come up. But in that in those two months when... Somebody has a baby, but they're still working, you know, and, and they're dealing with a sick child. That, that property manager might not be working at optimal capacity. And so what, what we used to say was like, it's an irresponsible property manager. Now we say, no, there has to be the checks and balances in place that alert the company. Something's not right here. Somebody else can jump in. And then long term, we'll figure out what, what is going on there but not lead to this like death cycle of, yep. you know, because yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, what used to happen was the only way I would find out would be, I would start getting phone calls saying, Hey, haven't heard from Jimmy in a while, you know, and then get another phone call. Haven't heard from Jimmy in a while. And, and the problem with that is by the time an ownership team gets those calls, it's kind of too late. You've already had a lot of problems that have built up. And you won't even see those problems because all the mistakes that were made, you won't catch them, you know, three, six months on the line. Yeah, we've actually experienced property management companies that were amazing fall apart uh, when some big event in their life happened, like a marriage or a baby. And yeah. So we've yeah. seen that 100%. happen. And, and, we've, and we've experienced them due to scaling the wrong way. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, to your point, Chad. Like we've we've had we've had property management companies that were managing you know several hundred properties, and they were fantastic. I mean, they were so good. And then within six months, because you know uh, they 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 got this new account that had hundreds of houses in it, yeah. and it completely nuked their systems in internally, and and all of a sudden. I mean, yeah. they, they suck worse than anybody we've ever experienced in our life. So how do you, how you go from in six months from being the best property management company to the worst property management company is that you grew outgrew your systems and you, and you, you didn't have the ability to, to put new systems in place. And yeah, it's, it's going to sound crazy. I, and, and, and some people may flinch at this, but honestly, what it means is you were probably too reliant on people. Yeah, hundred percent. A couple really good people. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, like, one thing I've I've seen, and this is good advice for anyone listening. Something, something I suggest not doing. Actually, a lot of our owners will say, 
when they're interviewing a property management company, what they want to do is they want to interview the property manager who will be working their property. And that is, in today's day and age, that actually makes no sense for a whole bunch of reasons. First of which is people just naturally move, they change jobs, they change professions, portfolios expand. So that person you're interviewing, it's highly likely that in two years, they're not going to be the property manager on the property anyway, right? right? And so what you're really should be doing is you're interviewing the property management company. And with that, it's, it's way more about process and systems and technology that is not reliant on Cindy or Jimmy to do a great job, but is, but is instead a plug and play. And, and, you know, you want the best people possible, but you're not reliant on individual people. Yeah. That makes so yeah. much sense. It does. So <clears throat> let's, let's regress just a little bit because we've been talking about some pretty high level stuff, but there may be some people on here who are going, okay, well, I'm, I'm under contract on my first property or, yeah. you know, I've, I've got one property or two properties and I've been managing them myself. I want to move into property management. Like just encompass really quickly. What, what does a property management company do? I, Ron buys a property today and, um, and I call up Chad's company and I say, Hey, Slate House, like I, I need a property management company. What, what are you going to do for me? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, at its super high level, and then we'll get into the tactical. At a super high level, the property management company is your day-to-day resource to take care of your asset and make sure that you're getting the returns you're looking for. So what does that actually mean? Uh, and I'm actually going to also talk about what that doesn't mean. That's just as important and, 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 yes, and something definitely. that people don't talk about enough. But what does it mean? It means the tenant is paying rent to us, right? The property management company. So, you know, if they have a question with how much to pay, the property management company is essentially ensuring there's an accurate ledger, which can get trickier than you'd think of how much do they owe, how much have they paid, and then ensuring if they don't pay, we move forward in the eviction process, which again, can be as simple as a couple filings and someone's in and out, or could drag on if not done right, and, or if things get more complicated with the appeal process. So all of yep. that falls under the prime management company. So you, the investor, are not ever having to go to the local magistrate court. You're not ever filing an eviction. You're not collecting rent. And frankly, you're not really ever talking to the tenant. The tenant's only talking to the property management company when they yeah. have concerns. Yeah, and yeah. I and I'd just like to point out that you sh- you should never talk to your tenant. That is a that is a like yeah. a that's an unpardonable sin in my book. Why why in the hell even have a property management company if you're going to trade emails with your tenant? That's yeah, it's, a, it's a bad idea, and it's also a bad idea because not only does it make make more work for you, but it also it creates what we call the mom versus dad scenario. Absolutely, which, yeah. Yeah. you know tenant goes to dad, or in this case, say owner and say, you know, I paid my rent on time, but they didn't collect it right. Or they lost my check in the mail. And then owner gets involved when it's like the worst thing you could possibly do, right? It's like, you don't want to be the intermediary. You want to be a private management company dealing with the tenant. The tenant has one point of contact and essentially one ruling, call it body, who, who they can deal with. Um, yep. 
And the other and thing- some 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 owners <laughs> for whatever reason they think that that this is a way to keep tabs on whether or not the property management company is doing a good job. It is the dumbest thing you can possibly do. I, I was on a tour with a with a, a a client, and they said that they give their card to every tenant. They go and they they give their card to the tenant. Any problems with the property management company, you call me. And I'm thinking to myself, man, why don't you just be a landlord? Like seriously, you you yeah. have completely cut the legs out from underneath the person yeah. who you have in place to protect you from that individual. And you just gave them your card and took all the power and authority away from the property management company. Yeah. And I'll tell you the other problem that it causes is a um, logistical nightmare. So one of the harder things in property management is coordinating maintenance. Whether that be an emergency or a less emergency, you know, a, a, a slight leak in a, on a sink or a door's not working. So when you get involved, one, one of the, the harder tasks for a prime management company to do is to intake that maintenance request, run it by the owner, get it approved, and eventually get the, re- the, the problem resolved, usually also coordinating with the tenant to, to make sure we can get a maintenance tech in there. Again, it sounds easy, but especially when you get into cold weather and emergencies, it, it can be really tricky. When you throw an owner into that mix where the tenant's also reaching out to an owner, now you run, in, run the risk of who is resolving this problem. And, and that leads to two really bad scenarios. One is you both try to resolve it. So now I've got two plumbers coming out to the property. The other is nobody resolves it because everybody thinks the other person is resolving it. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, all, all, I, all these things I've seen because we've done them over the yep. years, right? And, and so the, the way to combat that is there's one centralized place to intake maintenance requests. We use a piece of tech called Property Meld. And that is like our air traffic control for maintenance. And if it's not in Property Meld, there's a problem. Everything goes in there. And that is how we coordinate it. No matter who's doing it, no matter what's getting done, it's one centralized source. And there's an owner for that. And that's our maintenance coordinator. And they're responsible for figuring out who is ultimately resolving this problem. Yep. Cool. So let's, let's jump to the other thing too. So then um, this is what property management companies do. What's the, what are the responsibilities though? So, so Angela goes out and buys a a property um, in Virginia because it's less cold than the other um, places. (laughs) Angela buys a place in, do what? Uh, out of the four states, I had to choose, you know? Like, right, you know? right. It sounds like Ron doesn't like cold. I, I really yeah. I really dislike it um, pretty intensely. Um, I'm not feeling it either. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it's a little chilly here today, but the sun's out, which makes oh, it feel not you quite as, chilly. as I mean, bad. Tw- but it's 27 degrees where I am. Well, yeah, what's I mean, chilly, it's, Ron? Like 55? Come on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's low It's low 50s right now. We'll probably, uh, oh, we'll probably be upper, uh, upper 50s by the end of the day. But I'm... <laughs> I have to dress in long sleeves for this kind of weather. This is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> okay. So, so Angela buys a property in Virginia. Yeah. Now we've kind of figured out what, what, what's your responsibilities are, uh, Chad, but what are legitimately the responsibilities that sometimes people think are yours, but really are not and, and fall squarely on Angela's shoulders? Yeah. So I call this asset management. Well, it's not my, I didn't make the term, but. To me, that every property, whether it's a single-family home or a multi-unit building, is going to require some level of asset management. And what that is really is, is the level above the property manager 
And that is the person to come in and make that strategic decision that really only the owner should be making. So you know, I'll give you an example. There's a leaky roof and we sent a roofer out there and he says, you have two options. You could patch it for $400 or I can put a new roof on there. New roof, let's say a new roof is going to cost four grand, right? Now that decision is not just math based. It's, and there's not even always a right answer. A lot of it's going to come into your own finances what are you looking to do? Or, you know, are you looking to just squeak out every last dollar over the next year or two and then sell the property? Well, if so, then probably a roof patch for $400 makes more sense. Are you planning on owning this for the next 20 years? Well, and, and by the way, the roof, maybe the roof is 15 years old. Yeah. I mean, look, let's, you're going to need a new roof in the next three years. You should probably put a new roof on. But I, that's not really the role of the prime management company. The role of the prime management company is to give you access to all that information but ultimately, it's up to the owner to kind of make a call there. So, I mean, that, so that would be one example. I think there's like a there's a decent amount of that. It basically setting the strategic mission for the property. Here's what we're trying to do. I'll give you another example. Um, so, one thing we didn't talk about yet is finding tenants. That's that's part of something a property management company does is find tenants for you. Well, um, sometimes there's owners who will say, "I will." This is a, a rough area. I just want a tenant in there to start paying rent. You can lower your standards a little bit, but I realize that also is going to increase the risk of this tenant not paying rent. We have other, other owners who will say, I'm not lowering my standards at all. My standard is a 650 credit score, and whether it's a C-class property or not, I require 650. Now, you know, the win there is that tenant's going to stay there for a while and they're going to pay their rent. Downside is that unit may stay empty longer. I think ultimately those are decisions that an owner should be making. When I say decisions, it's really just, it's setting the strategic principles for what, how you want this property managed and ultimately what are you trying to get out of it over the next one, two, 10, 20 years. And so there, I, I, sometimes I see that owners think, that because a prime management company is involved, they don't have to do anything. And unfortunately, that's just not, that's not quite true, right? There is still that asset management role that, that plays in. And we're not talking about hundreds of hours. This isn't something you should be scared of, but it is something that should be identified. And if you, the owner, are too busy to respond to those kinds of you know, questions once every two weeks, once a month, once every two months, then I would say, you should assign somebody, either a personal assistant or an asset manager, to take on that role. I, you know, that almost sounds like a broken record of me. I, I seriously can't stand this. We, we, have, we have had clients in the past who couldn't bother themselves to check their account and make sure the money arrived. And I'm <laughs> thinking to myself, seriously? I mean, you, if you can... If you can't and you're that busy because your business is is so uh, like all encompassing, you should be able to afford a freaking bookkeeper right. or an asset manager or somebody like your assistant to open up your bank account and go check mark yep money hit and then if it didn't hit to go huh I wonder if I should maybe reach out to the management company oh look there's eight emails from the management company. And 
a hundred missed calls and they've been trying to get a hold of me because because my tenants skip town and they want to know if they can if they have permission to make make the place ready and that's the other thing that drives me absolutely up a wall is that you know sometimes owners just don't won't communicate and you as the the property manager you have no authority to go drop three thousand dollars on a make ready without the owner saying you're you're okay to do that right right no that's exactly right and i think like i said before i I think it's totally reasonable for the owner let's say you're uh i don't know let's just say you're running a business a very very hectic business as an owner and you want to invest in real estate on the side i don't think you necessarily have to be that point of contact i think it's totally reasonable for you to say i'm going to have someone else in my life my significant other, my child, my mother. <laughs> I mean, all of these are actually reasonable and, and things that we actually see happen sometimes in the business. And I don't have a problem with that. We just want to know who's our point of contact. And it's got to be somebody who can get back to us in a day or two when we have a question. Because strange things come up. I mean, even a weird thing like evictions, some municipalities will require a current dated authorization form against that specific tenant in order to move forward with an eviction. That, that seems kind of silly to me, but they require it. And look, nothing's more frustrating to our team than to not be able to do our job because we're not getting that back and forth with the owner. And then ultimately, because ultimately we're, you know, the prime manager company is ultimately responsible for generating returns, right? And so I get really frustrated when I sometimes, you know, we'll see things not going the right direction and someone will say like, real estate's not for me. I, I hate that phrase. I think real estate's for everyone. It's just all about setting up processes and knowing. I mean, I just, I just flat out asked the question, who is going to be the asset manager for the property? I think it's like a totally reasonable question to ask. Yeah. Who, who's, who's, the communica- who's the communication go through? Yeah. There has to be Who's the point of contact? Right? And, and that point of contact could be a whole bunch of different people, but it's got to be somebody. Somebody has to be the point of contact. And then to your point, I think it's a good one. I think it's really important that an owner once a month, and it doesn't have to be six times a month, but at the end of the month, you know, sometime in those first two to five, seven days of the next month, just spends, you know, a few minutes looking at the performance of the previous month of their property. Yep. Um, Great advice. Yeah, because it's, you know, (laughs) they have to do this with their, like, and most of the people that fall into this category are business owners or professionals, both of which are extremely busy, but both of which know the importance of financials for health's sake. It's not like they can run their company successfully without <laughs> ever looking at the yeah. financials. It's remarkable to me how they can completely disconnect from their business that has financials that they look at. And they may, they may hate it like I do. I don't, I don't like it. I mean, I don't like the me- meetings that I have with my bookkeeper, my CPA. I don't like them. But I have to, I have to do that piece of the business or the business yeah. doesn't run right. Yeah. And it's the same thing over here. It's no different. Right. So, uh, yeah, unless you put a CEO in charge of your, which would be an asset manager in charge of your portfolio and charge them with it, then this is not a stock. You can't just like buy it and forget it. It's not the way it works. Nope. That passive income thing is relative, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that's a problem. I think that people pre- preach passive income and I There are think, just look, a few terms, Chad, that should be eliminated. I'm, I'm going to <laughs> I hate passive income and I hate turnkey. Can we just like both? We should like nuke both of those things. All right. no, so I, 
I better go take those off of your website, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, know. I hate them. Yeah. The only reason they're on there is because it's the only that's the only people thing people know. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, I yeah. hate. Yeah, no, Troy. It's um. I mean, look, if you want passive income, go put your money into a blanket S and P 500 fund, right? Or a it, REIT if you want it in real estate. That's, that's fine. right. That's right. Or Super a REIT fund. Um, by the way. You know. Now here's the difference, right? Those same people will say, "Well, no, but I don't want four percent returns. I want nine percent returns." Great, I, well, I want you to get nine percent returns too. But all I want you to do is spend fifteen minutes the first week of the of the month. <laughs> it's just, not bad. Yeah, it's not a bad return on your time, <laughs> really. When you think about right. it. All right, guys. I, I think we beat that horse. If you don't mind, Chad, real quick, we uh, Ron and I have been sitting on questions uh, that were sent. Let's do it. Uh, and here's the yeah. here, here's why we're going to do it. There's this guy Rick that really loves our our lightning rounds. So so Rick, this is for you, buddy. We're oh man, do Rick, I am that. pumped. Is Rick an investor or is he like? Is yes, he because his tag is flip with Rick. So yes, flip with Rick. And I mean, I don't know what Rick. he's flipping, but I'm guessing right, it's real estate. <laughs> Rick, we are coming at you, buddy. Okay, right. Chad. So these are lightning rounds. So fast answers because we got quite a few questions to get through. Oh boy! All right. No pressure. Okay. Let's do All it. Right. All right, we're going to take turns. So I'm first. First question is, what do I do if I don't get my money? So mm. this guy checked his account and there's no money. Yeah, and, and you know what? This is going to sound crazy. This happens and it's not always someone's fault. It, it could be as little as a typo, right? So we, we, we put your ACH info in. It could be a typo. It could be that someone gave us the wrong account. So uh, what do you do? You reach out to the prime management company. If they have a ticketing system, you put in a ticket. If they prefer email or phone call, but you just send it through and you just say very simple, hey, I was expecting money and I didn't get it. By the way, the without, other without, answer without yelling. Yeah. Without yelling at them. No, no, you don't have to freak out the first time. It's interesting. I find that a lot of times people think when they don't get their money the first time that um it's like a red alert to them they think like I'm I'm stealing their money. I've been scammed. That's what right. I've been scammed, yeah. exactly. And um I don't know, I think just like assume actually assuming <laughs> These are reasonable people. You've you've probably got a referral from someone. You've probably done your interview process. Another reason why you may not have got money. Well, there's a whole bunch of reasons. Another reason. Well, that's okay. Be, uh, yeah. well, let's let's, oh, let's go run. through one of them. So, Chad. Okay. Now yeah. I've called the I've called you. <laughs> yeah. And turns out the tenants late. What do you recommend? Tenants late. What do I do? Tenants late. Yeah. So that's a, that's a very real reason why you may not have gotten money. The short answer there is that we think you should be filing an eviction. Right around the 15th of the month is our process. People have different views on this, but even I don't, if they even if they promise to pay. Yeah, so we uh, we're not Judge Judy here. So yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I like it. So we okay. I, I call it Judge Judy because I used to do this. We would we would bring our prime managers in, and it'd be like on the 15th, and I'd, I'd feel like Judge Judy. I'd sit there and say, okay, so Jim Smith, Jim Smith hasn't paid rent, and then our prime manager Ashley would say. Well, Jim hasn't paid because his mom broke her foot. Oh gosh! And there you go. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I'm yeah. like, literally trying to follow the story. And I'm like, okay, she broke her foot. And then I'd like take notes and I'd be like, wait, didn't she break her foot last month? Yeah. And he'd be like, nope, that was a different foot. And I'm like, okay, I'm having a hard time. And this is, by yeah. the way, this is what you deal with. If you give them your card, like a moron, yes. please don't ever do that. Your right. Yeah. You're going to have Jim Smith telling you about his mom's broken foot. So yep. now we actually run, we run it like, uh, like Domino's would run a pizza chain. You order a pizza, you got to pay for the pizza. You live in the house, you got to pay for the house. 
And so in our world, if you haven't paid by the 15th, we're filing the eviction. Done. Basically, the only reason we wouldn't would be two things if there's a habitability problem. So if there is like something that is not habitable that we're, is an emergency and we're fixing, we're going to wait till we fix it to file. Only other reason would be if the owner literally does not allow us to file. And I, there's a point, and we actually wanted to not even do that, but we, we do still allow an owner to kind of override us. I really don't advise it. So I think the prime, like just because you file does not mean you're evicting the tenant. Here's a good stat for you. Maybe we actually see yeah. 83% of tenants that we file on will pay the rent yep. before we... They before just need to know you're serious. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, Angela. Yeah. So, uh, sorry to cut you off, Chad. Next question. Okay. Uh, my Fire round. Um, tenant moved out. They left a mess. What now? Tenant moved out. They left a mess. Yeah. I mean, look, well, first off, uh, most tenants move out leaving a mess. So, don't be surprised. Second off... Yeah, so you're you're holding a security deposit. That's part of what the security deposit's for. Prime management company should come in within a couple of days and basically give you a rent ready estimate, and okay. that that should be broken down. And then you rock and roll. And luckily, your security deposit will hopefully cover a lot of it, and you move forward. Okay, cool. so now right. they everything's done, ready to go. Been on the market for whatever twenty thirty days. Place isn't renting. What do I do now? And now I'm freaking out. So, so now what? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, we actually have like a, seven different checkpoints that we go through. If a property is not renting, it could be a whole bunch of reasons, but the bottom line is you as the owner should be kind of having a communication with the prime manager, prime manager. We encourage, it's actually 21 days is when we have our prime manager reach out to the owner and say, Hey, we're having a, a this is renting slower than we'd think. Here are some things that, that could be causing. And I'll give you a couple quick ones. Price could be too high. So we may need to lower the price. There might need to be some additional maintenance done. You know, there's uh, something causing it to not show as well as it could show. Seasonality is a real thing. Property management companies, honestly, here's a dirty little secret. They uh, exaggerate seasonality as a general rule of thumb. So it turns out people are renting properties during right the now. entire year. Right we now. Just rented a, we just rented a bunch last week. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. They, they rent all year round. So seasonality does not mean that in the winter, nobody rents, but it does mean that like if a property went on market December 20th and we're now sitting January 8th and it hasn't rented yet. Well, I mean, that is literally the worst time in the entire calendar year to try to rent a property, right. you know, due to, due to holidays and stuff. So there's one that's also like, maybe there's a weird seasonality thing. Like this is college housing and, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. so, so, those are the things, but the bottom line is talk to your prime manager and just have that dialogue back and forth of what's going on. That's, that's great advice. Perfect. Okay. Next one. Should I have my property management do regular inspections? So I think so. I think once a year is, is the right timing for that. Some owners, I mean, I've had people like be like once a quarter, we want to see an inspection. I mean, that's a lot. That's just a. a it just doesn't I'll, make a I'll lot say of it. Me. That's insane. Okay, okay. I, I'm sorry <laughs> if she's listening, but that sounds like it was my mom, Susan. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, um, I, I agree. Really Once a year, that. I think that's yeah. fantastic. Then you that's know perfect. if the people should be there or not be there, and you yeah. Know. And by the way, just I mean, there's there's interesting point here, which is. A lot of cities actually require an inspection. If usually not once a year, but usually once every like two to four years. So that counts. 
right? So there's a good chance they're already in there that year. Also, if it's a Section 8 tenant, you're going to have a Section 8 inspection already once a year either way. So what we say is if, if we're already in there for an inspection, the property manager is going to join that inspection and kind of write up their own notes. And if not, the prime manager is getting in there once a year. Gotcha. Okay. Should I, should I raise rents every year? So this is a good one. We started out saying no, but I now feel very strongly that you should raise rents every year, two to 4%. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I'll keep it, I know it's a fire round, but here's why. So I had a tenant, first ever house I bought. He lived there for five years. We didn't raise rents. He's now $250 under rent. I call him up and I say, Frank. And he says, yo, Chad, how you doing, man? And, you know, this is a guy I've known, our first ever tenant we placed. I say, hey, we got to raise your rent. He says, okay, how much? I said, 250 He freaks, right? And he said, Chad, like, I can't budget for a $250 increase. Why didn't you just increase my rent every year? And then I could have budgeted it in my life in a way yep. that this would have not been a big shock. And, I, and when I heard that, I was like, oh man, like a tenant just asked me to have raised his rent the last four years. So that's what it comes down to. A two to 4%, you're talking $25-ish, $30 raise of rent. People say it's no big deal, right? So That's right. Awesome. Yeah, they, may get, they, may get, they may get testy, but they're not going to move over 25 bucks. That's right. That's right. And, and, then, and then honestly, they understand that's inflation. But look, I mean, if... if and I hope this happens to everyone. I hope you have a tenant that stays four, five, six, seven, eight years. If you don't do this, that seemed, if you don't increase their rent over that period of time, to be honest, by year six, seven, eight, that's no longer a good tenant because they're just too yep. far under market rent. And you're losing yep. too much money. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to, we need to wrap it up, Chad. This has been awesome. From the from the tech perspective to how to how to scale a management company to what to look for in a management company, what to ask, who to ask, why to ask, and then all of the great information just about personally managing a property through a property management company. I think this has been excellent for everybody listening. I want to um, I just want to put a plug out there for all of you listening that own real estate or are going to own real estate that. When you communicate with your property management companies, let's not act like our hair's on fire and let's treat them like any other human being. They, they're not stealing from you. They're not treating you any worse than, than any other person would. Generally speaking, they're doing a really, really good job and they're, they're, they're doing something that most everyone else in the country doesn't want to do. So... Yeah, and I'll, I'll make one quick comment on that. Just seeing this happen in real life, because people do have emotions, if by being a jerk to a prop, your property manager, I can promise you it's not going to get you better results long-term. Our best, our best clients, I actually call partners. I call them friends. We hang out. And... That level of trust and loyalty means I like our company would do anything yeah. for our, 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 our clients. Anything. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's even their investment property. If they're having a personal problem, if I would do anything for these people, the person who, ca- who calls up and is just screaming and swearing, and that, that, that does not lead to a good long-term partnership. And so, even, even if you live in Jersey. 
you don't do that, right? I mean, even if you live in the so. I'm going to take the fifth on that. All right. <laughs> Chad, thank you're, you're you not, so much, you're not man. Gonna, I, yeah, we today. really, really appreciate you coming on and awesome, um, and, and dumping yeah. a whole bunch of knowledge on everybody on our podcast. Yeah, and I'll give so people much. my email address. My email is chad at slatehousegroup.com. And then, and then one more time on your podcast. Yeah, the podcast is called Real Estate Hackers. So if you're, this is like nerd only podcast, basically. So if you're a nerd, you like real estate, you like tech. Um, or, or if you don't know yet, I mean, give yeah. it a try. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you are sure. a closet nerd. You didn't even know. <laughs> you were it does in the closet. take a while to realize you're a nerd, right? Yeah. yeah. And when I say nerd, we're not, uh, we're not talking like, you know, you know, code and that kind of stuff. But, but it is, yeah, it's for people who are interested in like, where's the world of real estate going over the next Guys, It's an interesting years. podcast. I've, I've listened to it. It's really well done. In addition to that, it gives you a un- unique perspective on, on the real estate market because of the tech angle that comes from it. So yeah, I think Chad, it's thank you going, so much. So. Listen, yeah, everybody, yeah. Uh, like the episode. If you don't like it, uh, like it anyway, because it's rude <laughs> to dislike it. And then share it with all of your friends. You can find us on getrealestatesuccess.com. Send everybody there. And Awesome, man. Hey, this is fun. Until next time. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Chad. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.